What's good, London? Earth Gang here. And you locked into the social with Bashak on the beat, London, 103.6 FM. Welcome back to The Social. You are listening to Bashak on the Beat London. You have heard about it all show. And I have the modern day hitch with me, Mr. Paul C. Bronson with us today. Hi, sir. How are you doing? It's such a pleasure to have you on our show. What's up, young lady? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Lovely to see kind of real life visuals and face. I'm, I'm on Zoom, guys, just so you know. How is your day going outside? It's really early, right? It's 11 a.m.? Yeah, it's, it's 11. It's 11. A- a- everything is good. You know, got up, got my exercise in, you know. Right. Also, Bashak, I see that we, got, we have the same stylist because okay. we, we have the same exact thing on. <laughs> we look, we look exactly the what same. Our unisex. And we woke up today and chose <laughs> unity. That's what happened. Yeah. Yes, we recorded exactly it before, guys. Yeah. Can, can I say this? Is, is, isn't like the black turtleneck, or, oh. or I'm sorry, in the UK, what do you guys call that with the roll neck? Roll neck? I don't know. It is turtleneck. I don't know. British are weird. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I just, I make it like it's a turtleneck. That's cool though. Yeah. It's classic. Yeah. It's classic, right? And you can't go wrong, especially on like a Zoom. You can't go wrong with it. Wrong. And you still feel like, you know, slim and together in good ways. It's not frumpy like a jumper can sometimes feel frumpy. This feels, yes. this feels good. It's almost yeah, it slightly in the you know realm of chic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, especially and, and if it's black. Right. Oh, there yeah. you go. Oh, but the man. hardest thing to rock is the white. Are you ready for uh, the, the white? I uh, I don't touch the white. <laughs> white is everything. That's what happens. No, I, I don't touch the mic. Uh, now, you are known as the most influential matchmaker in the world. That is a serious title. I have to ask you, how does that feel? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a serious title that I avoided for a long time because I got that from a matchmaking organization called the Matchmaking Institute. It's the largest professional matchmaking organization in the world. Mm-hmm. And at first I avoided it, but now I own it, right? I think it's important for us to own what we think we're passionate about, what we feel like we're really good at. Uh, and I've been matchmaking for over a decade, you know, doing really well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we set a record in the UK with Married at First Sight last series. Okay. You know, so yeah, so, uh, so I'm owning it. I'm owning it for sure. Why the avoidance? I didn't feel like I was ready. You know, I didn't feel like it was it was uh, it was a title that I should accept. Yeah, because there are so many phenomenal matchmakers in the world. Uh, but uh, I'm going to take it now. I'm going to take it's it. So yours for the take it. Because yeah. <laughs> there isn't a lot of people that do this to the level that you do. And for me, that just says, you know, there's a level of excellence you reached. You've done your 10,000 hours. You put in your time and you've got your insights and you deserve it for that reason alone. Now you just own it. Enjoy the fruits. All there you go. Reason. There you go. Thank you. You're giving me therapy right now. I appreciate oh, it. We're Thank gonna you. get into therapy. You don't even know. <laughs> All right. So I have to ask then, what drew you to this field? Because when I think of what a matchmaker does, there's a certain instinct, right? A certain intuition that you need to be able to sit with of someone else's anxiety, someone else's discomfort, because love is you know a beat away from vulnerability 
and so a lot of people who are maybe confused in love or lost in love or have had really difficult experiences will come to you for therapy will come to you for counseling of a different kind of themselves before they can love another how did you kind of figure out you could do this before you did it in in that what attributes did you know you had in yourself at your disposal in your life path to kind of go I don't know the size of this thing because you wouldn't right but I'm so suited to it or let me figure out if I'm suited to it like what what characteristics did you have what material are you made of or you felt like you could do this yeah you, you know can I say I love how you presented that and you're one of the first people to present the career of matchmaking that way and that was that was dope because most people make it seem like oh it's all fun and games but you presented it as no this is serious and what a lot of people don't realize is when a client comes into my door you know as a matchmaker they're typically not like rah rah this is all good and fun right instead they're saying things like you know my husband passed away three years ago i don't believe i can fall in love again but i i'm desperately lonely you know it's a different level of seriousness and so i'm i'm appreciative of how you presented that um you know for me quite honestly I started with the passion of just trying, I wanted to see more nuclear households, right? I wanted to see more mom and dads with kids Mm -hmm. because I ran a summer camp in 2008 Mm -hmm. and we had 100 kids in the summer camp. And these were mostly black kids coming from low income households in Washington, DC in the United States. And one of the questions I would ask the registrants was how many parents live in in the household, right? And out of a hundred kids, not one had a father living in the household. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and and it blew me away. And that's the moment where I started going down this path of, well, what could I do to help create more nuclear families? That was the drive. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, you you talked about skills. I didn't know what skills were necessary, but what I've realized, you know, since, you know, being this for over a decade is that, you know, you, I think you have to be, you have to be highly empathetic you talked about that. Mm-hmm. You have to be highly analytical. You know, if you're a good people watcher, that's 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 really good, you know. But at the same time, you have to be a realist and you have to be able to uh, you know, we tough say love. call a spade a spade. Yeah. Tough tough love. Point. Like sometimes you gotta call people out on their ish because you gotta go, you know what? It's you. It's not him or her, it's you. And that can be very hard to receive especially in that place. And I'm sure when people walk through your door, to your point about it not being all fun and games, you're gonna start with the problems before you can start with solutions. And there's always problems. There's always something someone is either the perspective they have on themselves, the perspective they have about men or women, you know, wherever you are on the spectrum. It's it's self first to then go without outside of yourself, right? And then that's an interesting journey for you to take with them and a skill that you have to have. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to your point, and this is where it, TV blurs the line and TV messes things up. You know, I love TV, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, actually, I love the TV check. Let's keep it real. That's that's really what, you know, what I love. <laughs> but what blurs the line is that in real matchmaking, normally the client comes in and they spend three months coaching before they even go on their first date. You know, yeah. that's and that's to your point of you need to put the work in yourself. Wow, very, very cool. And, and I think that's an important point for you to raise. 
because what you guys are doing even on celebs go dating is a very uh crash course right because you don't have a lot of time and you got to glamorize it. it's got to be entertaining you got to have you know the peter wicks of the world doing what they're doing and but at the same time when you look at someone like carrie katoda's journey and she had to really that's a great example of someone that like in that same short amount of time had to kind of go you caught on exactly what i caught on that very moment where she was always apologizing for being with you know how many five kids that she has immediately and it's, it's that you had to do that yes. with tv screens but in a very very condensed amount of time and if you had the time with her or anybody else who was maybe struggling that would be a much more widened process and maybe a bit more of a painful one than you can. oh yeah absolutely but you know you know also though what is great about celebs or even married at first sight is that we actually get a lot of time with them you know so for example you talked about carrie or whatever mm -hmm. when these celebs come in with anna and myself anna williamson who's you know my sis for life right Love. we spend about an hour with them so on screen you may see two to three minutes but we've talked to them for a full hour and for those that come in time and time again you see the impact like uh it was uh charlotte um uh, uh dawson and uh, and matt they came in for couples counseling they remained together as a couple they attributed the fact that they did couples counseling with celebs as helpful and they just welcomed their first baby literally two weeks ago you know yeah, life-changing. So it's, it's just, it's incredible to see those transformations. Mm, and then know that you've had a real hand at changing people's lives and perspectives um, in, in their relationships because people are often stuck and then you make them unstuck. So hopefully you've got a bad feeling pretty good about yourself. Exhausted, oh. right? Exhausted, I'm sure, but good. Yeah, good, yeah. Is that is that, and then all the CBD I take. I think that's really yeah, why yeah. I, feel, I feel so good at night. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, beautiful. I guess just to segue <laughs> a little bit then into your own life journey personally. Um, I did a little research, of course. Um, when I was reading up about your life journey, it seems to me that you are a pivoter, and you've constantly stretched and pivoted. Uh, to meet the moment and to be who the moment requires you to be, even if you don't know it at the time, right? Uh, in all these amazing ways. And it seems very intentional and kind of purpose-led the way you've operated. So for those who don't know, uh, you started off in finance, you then went into matchmaking, you are an entrepreneur, of course, you're now a TV presenter, like all these kind of, you know, amalgamation of your life what what is your thought process around alignment and surrender and mm -hmm. spirituality and how much do you think when you look at the the way things have gone god or whatever you want to call it has had an impact on your very methodological operations right mm -hmm. these are deep questions young lady these are deep questions. yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like it i like it yeah. you're making me think of this you know yeah. so one of my favorite books of all time is called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. So mm. Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And the reason why that book was so life-changing for me is because he presented a very simple premise and it's a premise that I live my life by and I'm, I basically manage my career with. And that is, is that if you could become so good mm. at a certain set of skills, if you could literally become world-class at a certain set of skills, 
you will have more autonomy, so control of your time, than anything else you could do. You'll have more impact in the world than anything else you could do. And you'll have more wealth Which gives than you anything else you could do. More time and more autonomy. Exactly. It all feeds off of each other. And once I really bought into that concept, I realized that I, want to I wanted to become world-class at mm -hmm. teaching. Interesting. Teaching. I think you were going to say that's that. That's my through line. See, that's my through line in everything I do, whether my mentoring, my coaching, I'm a business columnist, the television work. Like when you see me on TV, mm. what am I doing? Mm. I am teaching. teaching. Yeah. I'm not dancing. I'm not saying no, like, no, that's no, not no. me. You are, you are teaching. I'm, I'm teaching. Yeah. A matter of fact, I even tell them I don't want to dance. Like when the music goes on, I said, I'm not here to dance. You know, I'm here to teach. Mm. And, and so that that's my through line. So that's been my North Star. Uh, and then you, you, you drop God in there. You know, I, I just for the record is, is I'm a devout Christian. And I think that, you know, another great uh, book that I read is called Willpower by Roy ba Baumeister. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how to develop willpower you have to understand that there's a higher power. Yeah. If, if you don't think, if you don't believe there's a higher power, you believe you are it, right? What's the point? That, that, that yeah, that, that at that point, you, you have no will. That's, mm -hmm. that's a, a deep concept to think about, but you have no will because you can't be humbled by anything or anyone. So having a higher power helps you, that becomes the vehicle to actually create willpower. And that allows you to then execute on a plan like So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. Beautiful, I love that. Because you have a God-given skill set, a God-given list of talents, right? And in the nurturing of that, in those three ways you've spoken about, you walk in the path you're meant to walk. And in my experience with life, when you walk in that path, the doors that open up are crazy and everything comes together in such a, alignment right which is why i wanted to bring that to your attention that you don't have to try very hard so i think that intention you have put into your work in meeting the moment has it's like a, it's like an electric bicycle like you know you push a little bit and then it pushes you a little bit more it's exactly that which is which is a right and, and yeah it just continues and it continues yeah you, you know also um steve jobs uh gave one of the best uh, uh, commencement speeches I've ever heard in my life. It was at Stanford, right? Mm. So, so if you, you know, Google Stanford, Steve Jobs commencement speech. And in this speech, he said something so poetic and it speaks to your point. And that is in life, what you do is you try to become exceptional at certain things and you don't worry about how they connect. And you live your life with integrity and intention. And as you continue to live your life, you will see how those things that you've become so great at align. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Just and you allow them. So, so just as a point is that when I was in grade school, I was in improv. What? Paul was it? Yeah, yeah. I was in improv. I did like stage performances, basically acting communication, you know, mm -hmm. then I stopped, but I was really good at it. I loved it, you know? Fast forward, become, you know, teaching, fast forward, matchmaking. All of a sudden now I'm in a lane that all of those are aligned. Teaching, matchmaking, stage performance. Mm -hmm. I didn't methodically go about it. 
You just do it, live your life with integrity and intention, and then you'll see where those points align. Beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. That's so powerful. And in order, let's just add for the listeners tuning in, in order to live your life with integrity and intention, you got to sit with yourself and you got to be with your own thoughts to know what that intention is. Most people are so afraid of hearing themselves out. And I think more than anything else, you have done a very good job with you, right? To then go out into the world and, uh, you know, fight the good fight, as they say. So, you know, kudos, beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate Let's it. Let's talk about relationships. I don't want to get okay. into it too much because I know that everybody asks you about, you know, all the same five questions. But what I do want to know, and I did want you to elaborate on a little bit, is around a kind of statement that you made in an article that you wrote around the best time to work on your marriage's success is before you get married. Mm, yes. Could you elaborate on that? Absolutely. So can I can I ask you a personal question? Please, go ahead. Okay, so are you married? I am not married. Okay. Are you dating? Yes. <laughs> I like it. By the way, she looked up for a second. That was a dramatic pause, like, uh, do I want to answer that? Yes. So, okay. So, so, so you're dating, right? So, so this is good, right? Yeah. So are you dating? Do, do you plan to be married at some point? I do plan to be married at some point, yeah. I think marriage okay. is very important and definitely in my cards, if I could say such things. Yeah. Okay, all right. I love it. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Once again, I think it's very important to be intentional, right? So the fact that you know you're going to be married, right? Right now, to me, that means that you should be preparing for that. Think of if you were going to enter the, you know, if you wanted to be a professional athlete right. or you wanted to be, you know, an attorney or a doctor or whatever it may be, yeah. you know, you're going to become a doctor. You need to prepare now, right? Before you become. So that's what that statement is. But then okay. the question becomes, okay, well, well, Paul, what, what are you preparing? Well, there's certain elements to a strong marriage. The most important, quite honestly, is the ability to communicate literally. It's the ability to listen. Mm-hmm. Most people here, I could tell, I could already, you know, in just this short time with you, I could tell that you are a great listener, mm-hmm. right? You just don't, don't simply hear. I could tell you listen, which means information comes in, mm-hmm. you then assess that information, and then you add back to that, right? That's a skill, and that's a skill that is lacking. Most relationships, most marriages fail, not because of bad finance, not because of uh, infidelity or whatever it may be. It's because of poor communication that then leads to bad finance, infidelity, etc. So communication. So that's that statement. The statement is, is start preparing and developing those skills now. Mm. And then also be intentional about your non-negotiables, I think, because the kind of person you want to attract, I'm someone with really high EQ, right? I need that. If I don't have that, it's not going to work. So 100% prepare yourself, but also know what you need. I don't think most people are afraid to say what they need um, and they shrink themselves and they make themselves smaller to fit into the buckets of the person that they come across, not who they are. Yeah, but you know, all right, so I'm, I'm going to do a big brother pushback on Please. this. Okay, I'm going to do a big brother pushback. Is, is, is that, so So right now, for example, uh, I am doing casting for the next Married at First Sight UK. Mm-hmm. 
Literally, I'm talking to 10 to 20 people every day. And I not only talk to the prospective clients for the show, but I talk to their friends and family because that's part oh, wow. of my matching it's like vetting process. Yes. And I will tell you 99% of the time, we don't know what we need, right? And we presume what we need. We presume we need A, B, C, D, E, F, right? And the I think the, the biggest mind shift change, right, is not actually to focus on what we need. Mm-hmm. It's simply to focus on making sure that we are our best selves. And that is it. Everything else resolves itself when you become your best self. Mm -hmm. So what unfortunately what happens is, is right now in dating, what most people do is they don't acknowledge, to your point earlier, right? They don't acknowledge all of the issues they have. And instead they say, but you know what? I need somebody that he needs to have all his teeth. He needs to be six foot three. He needs to be fit. He needs to be, but but at the same time, I want him to be successful, right? Like it's it's all these things, right? Instead of, projecting all of that instead i say no 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 work on your best self right work on making sure that you are literally your best self mentally spiritually physically Mm -hmm. and when you are your best self i guarantee you the rest takes care of itself because you need less from the other person anyway you've already fulfilled within yourself all right there you go there you go there you go beautiful thank you all right we're gonna be back after a very very quick break thank you very much for these gems Paul. you are listening to the beat london with me bashak on my show the social and we are back with celebs go dating host paul c bronson hello part two i'm back i'm ready for you i'm ready Ready? i I, want to say publicly i thoroughly enjoyed part one so i can't wait for part two okay (laughs) part two happen now of course this is the season of love i'm sure your inbox must be so full right now it's a busy season for you and when this goes to air it will be valentine's day what have you if i may ask this question learned personally about desire specific Mm. desire over the course of your 20-year marriage 20 plus years Mm-hmm. Can, can I can I throw something on top? That is because it is Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, I'm not a big fan of Valentine's Day. Tell I, me I, more. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Oh goodness. <laughs> you look you look disappointed when I said that. Yeah. Okay, the, tell the, re- me more. the reason why is because oh, I, actually, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, you, you already know. It's but, it's manufactured. Oh yeah, you know. Well, yeah, please, please. You're gonna say you should be showcasing love every day of the every yeah, every day of the year is that right exactly exactly like a true hitch okay (laughs) spoken like a tell me yeah yeah. this is exactly what it is it's like it's manufactured and what ends up happening is, is there's a lot of expectation pent up on that day right instead what we should realize is it's about every day Mm. making a bit like love what you know what love is love is 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 an action and it is you making a bid sometimes you have to make two or three bids two or three actions sometimes you can only get one action back sometimes you get five back but that is what it is it's bids for love 
bids for love, but that is not one day a year. Yeah. That is every day forever. But can I push back though, real quick? Please, please. Right. It's kind of Valentine's Day to me when you're in a relationship. It's kind of like your partner's birthday. It's a, it's an extra it's an extra day where you might wear wear something a little more tight and you might get an extra bottle of bubbly like it's another cool for celebration so yes I hear you I agree with you you should be loving up on your person and maintaining that because it's a choice it's an action it's all those things but I don't think there's anything wrong with a specialized day for love we need more of it right now I'm I'm good with it but I'm okay as well so yeah yeah well, I'm 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 not going to debate you on this one. Okay. I'm not. I'm, I'm definitely okay. not going to that because I agree that there's always you always want to have another day of celebration of of love. Right. So so I'm with it. I'm with it. But but can I throw this one last thing out? Is that I want to officially and we, maybe we can kick it off right now today. Is I've been thinking about this. Is I want to officially change what Valentine's Day is. Okay. All right. So instead of it being this let's buy each other gifts get drunk have sex situation uh -huh. right uh -huh. i would love and it could be those things right but i want it to be a day where we learn more about ourselves and our relationship and our love like let's become better lovers mm. on valentine's day I'm let's right. learn our partner's love language let's learn how to be a better communicator let's learn how to have discernment Let's yep. learn how to love ourselves more. Like if we dedicate one day to that, we become better, the world becomes better. And we have what better everything. Yeah, what do you think? Can we do I that? I love that, we can do that right now. I love it, I love it. Okay, Valentine's Day, Love Workshop Edition. I'm with you, I'm here for it. You heard it here on the social first. Get cracking guys, Get, get knowing each other. Dating cards are good for that actually, do you know those? Yes. I'm really, yeah. I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, yeah, that's good because it, it it it's it's all about that kind of. What can I ask about you that I don't already know? That is kind of slightly quirky and interesting. And what's your favorite color of sun? You know, weird. <laughs> yeah, but all but all that is important, you know, because what it does is it speaks to our values. See, a lot of people when when we date, we think that questions speak to interests, and we want to align ourselves with someone who's interested in the same things that doesn't prove out to be a successful relationship. Mm. What does prove out to be successful is, do you have shared values? That's a higher level. Wherever you want to go, as long as the tree is rooted. In, in Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and actually, because we're, you know, we're radio, I'll give you another example on that is, like my wife, mm. she loves like 80s, 90s pop music. Right. Like that's her go-to, like, Britney Spears is her like that. She she loves that. Whereas I like like I'm heavy hip hop. Uh -huh. You know, two different two well, different roles of it. and music is important, right? It is. It's not not, not important. It's important. It's but... important, and it's the appreciation of the artistry of it. You know, that's really what it is. It's like this value around artistry, and this you know this value around creativity. Like it's she loves how. Yeah, she, she loves how they dressed and how they expressed themselves. The same with me. I love how the expression in the, you know, the, the CNN of the streets. So that's our value, different interests. Beautiful. Thank you for breaking that down as well. Really, really uh, insightful to have. Now, this is a question I've been wanting to ask you because 
we are in the we're locked down. We're in a digital world. We already were in a digital world. We're much more um, it's much more prevalent now. And I think a lot of people are turning to anything for a semblance of connection. Right? We have hookup culture. We have Tinder. We have swipe left, swipe right. And we are able to essentially, if you swing that way, summon and discard people uh, to our houses uh, like revolving doors, uh, if we so wish to do so. Do you think that the availability of choice damages the integrity of connection? Oh my God, this this is maybe my favorite question mm. of this entire interview so far. I told you part two, at okay. least it was, was going to be my, this is, this is my favorite question because it speaks to another book. You can see I, I like books, you know what I mean? Um, Learned and bad, I love it. <laughs> so another one of my favorites uh, is a book called Paradox of Choice. Okay. And it's written by a psychologist named Barry Swartz. <laughs> and he is the person who coined the phrase, less is more. Mm. He's also the person who coined the theory analysis paralysis, right? It's a very deep theoretical book, but it speaks to our lives and it speaks to this question perfectly. Because what he states is that the more choice we believe we have, the less satisfied we are with the choice we make. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Let that sit on, on, on the brain for a second, right? The more options we believe we have, the less satisfied we are with the choice we make. So if you believe that you have a million options on a dating app, mm. when you finally make the choice, you're not going to be as satisfied versus when my grandfather grew up in Jamaica and in his village, there were three options. Right, and he had to pick the best <laughs> up and he felt like he got the chick, the queen of the land, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he yeah. was like, oh my God. I got, I got her, right, right. I right, got right. the one, you know, I got the one. And there were three choices. Right. This, this, this is human psychology and this is where mm -hmm. dating apps and this perceived choice really messes us up. Absolutely, and, and I wanna add also, it's worrying for me because I'm, I'm 26, right? And as someone who is like halfway in and out of this world, I think millennials get a bad rep. Everybody that I know wants connection. Everybody that I know that I'm around, maybe it's the friends that I have, everybody I know wants something real, but I don't know that the current infrastructure, if you can call it that, uh, in our society supports anything but a cheap thrill. Right. And that's nothing wrong with that if that's what you're after. But when I look at my circle, I'm like, everybody wants that kind of, you know, magnetic, magical sun. And it's not to be found on the phones and it dilutes, I think. Or let me ask you, how do we protect and preserve this connection in a world that is actively trying to dilute it? Yeah. Well, one is I think that your assessment of everything is 100 percent correct. Right. The first part there that I heard you say is that we all want attachment. We all want connection. And I think what is very important, you know, I've, so I've been studying uh, right now, uh, fear and anxiety. I've been spending a lot of time studying this. Mm -hmm. And the every, this is fascinating to me, is that every ailment 
that we have. Every stress that we have is a result of the fear of detachment. Right. Think about that. It's, it's, it's really weird, but it's like, you know, you're, you're scared to, you know, um, let's say, go across the street, get hit by a bus, not necessarily because you're scared to die, but you're scared of the detachment of the fact that, you know, your son is now not going to have a dad or a mother or your father is not going to have a daughter, right? That's the detachment, right? You're scared to, you know, to say something because you're scared to get fired mm -hmm. from your job to be detached, right? So it's this detachment. So the bottom line is that we all want attachment, but to your other point is that every technological platform right now we have to understand is not out here for our benefit no it's not like clubhouse is popping right now ig is always popping like you think okay they're really trying to connect us no they're out here trying to make money off of our data that's it there's no uh, anything better honorable means going on no, <laughs> no, it's, no it's not so what that means is we have to work harder. And what we have to understand is everything of value that we have in our life came because of us being intentional about going after it. Love should be no different. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Thank you. That's so profound. Really yeah. uh, enjoying sitting with that. And into your point about attachment, I think think of where we start from, right? We're a baby and we, if we, if we don't have our sustenance, and we don't get our cuddles, uh, we will die in a very real way. I don't know that for people that are not able to be as well adjusted as they go through life, that fear ever goes away. And then they right. project it maybe in other things and everybody does it in some sense of the word. Yeah, I mean, to your point, so it's literally in psychology, it's called attachment theory and, and it, it speaks to our attachment style. And, and this is, you know, to your earlier question of how do we prepare for a marriage? Part of that is understanding what our attachment style is. You know, before my, my wife and I were married, we went through premarital counseling, premarital counseling, right? So part of that is understanding, okay, how, what is my attachment style based on how my parents loved me? Mm -hmm. Because let's keep it real. A lot of us had unhealthy love and that shows up in how we love as adults, but we can correct that. Right. But we have to first acknowledge what it is. Mm -hmm. I'll learn to, to learn again. Almost. Yes. But how beautiful that you have a partner that or you guys have come together in such a way that your 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 collective mind is for the greater good so you can go ahead and do the premarital counseling and you can go ahead and do anything that will strengthen the bond because you're on the same page of yes even if we disagree let's let's try but see that i think that's a good litmus test mm. for everyone listening right if you're with someone and you present to them let's go get some therapy or premarital counseling let's go to workshops to work on us mm -hmm. and they say, nah, I'm not interested. And, yeah. then, then, you know, they're not serious about a relationship. Mm -hmm. They're not serious. They may be serious about wanting whatever it may be from you, mm -hmm. but they're not serious about a relationship with you. Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, so good. I could talk for hours. I'm going to move it on there real quick. <laughs> Let's talk about my favorite topic of all time, which is the art of the flirt.
Uh, My favorite thing in the world. Uh, tell me, is there an art to it in all of your experience? Uh, are there any kind of battleground rules we need to know? And do you have any top tips for any singles listening in? Yeah, yeah. So this is, I'm curious, why is this your favorite topic? I just, it's, uh, it's because I like people, I like forward people. Okay. In life. I like people that are like loud and proud and intentional, right? So especially I think that translates in my relationship life because you're like, all right, okay, you're into me. I, I like to know that you're into me versus a lot of the kind of, you know, behind the game, hiding in the shadows. I don't type for that. I'm grown. I know what I want. So I enjoy yeah. I enjoy the game. Yeah. The yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah, because the game, a lot of folks are trying to throw a game out here. Um, you know, so this is going to sound like the most non-sexy thing in the world, but I've gone through and, and been through countless flirt workshops. Oh, no. Right? Like, it's one of these yeah yeah but but, but okay, here's yeah. the thing is, is I, the reason why i say that is because Perfect. there's a true science to it okay there's real science behind it okay. and that's and that's the reason why i bring that up is that you just said you like people who are forward and direct right if you were to ask 10 people what does flirting mean i guarantee you you get 10 different answers like you, we don't even know what it really is. And what flirting is to me is, is it is communicating romantic interest, right? Mm -hmm. That's really what it is. Mm -hmm. but the problem that we have to understand is that we are bad communicators. Right. To begin and especially with. because we spend, yeah, and we spend all of our time on a phone or, you know, on our device, right? We are become even worse with flirting. To the point where it's fascinating, you know. I meet all these all these Instagram influencers. You see them running around with, you know, looking like great on Instagram, and you yeah. think, okay, when you meet them in person, they're gonna have something to say for themselves or, or exactly personality. Yeah, and and they come, they sit on the couch, and they look like a log, like they don't even know what to say. They don't know how to position their body. They they don't know how to communicate mm -hmm. romantic interest. So I, I say all that because it's a science. And, there, and 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 we we could go deep if you want to go deep on it, but there are there are definitely certain things you can do to provoke certain responses, and that's science. Only though, from the person that you okay. So maybe what I should have added on is chemistry, though, because there's certain levels of flirtation you can do with someone you have chemistry with instantly that you feel it's like a it's like a fire, it's a spark you can't necessarily and you wouldn't want to flirt with just anybody i think that's what i enjoy about it it's almost exclusive it's an exclusive party for for, for two or you know more yeah that's so yeah, yeah yeah that's your thing right um, <laughs> I don't want to so, so uh, yeah i i'm 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 with you i'm with you i think that there are degrees that go from flirting to, like there's a blurred line between flirting and exhibiting charisma okay you know and, and but but this is why it's important to actually know how to flirt so that you know how not to cross that line you know where the line is because for example if you were getting ready to go on stage and, and give a presentation mm -hmm. right and you're doing a zoom or whatever it may be there's a certain level of charisma that you want to bring to the table right to some people, they could interpret that as flirting. Right. 
You know what I mean? It's right. wild. So, so, so this is why it's important to know personality. Right, but you have to know how to flirt. Like, look, I'll give you a hard uh, example. This happened literally last night. I was talking to this guy, and he was like, "Yeah, I was talking to this this woman. Yeah, she was into me." By the way, almost every man says she's into me. Like, it, 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 that's how it begins. She was into me. I'm telling you, she was into me. You know, Paul, like she was into me. And I said, "Why do you think that?" Because she, she, because she was licking her lips and she kept tossing her hair back. So I was like, "Yeah, she, she, she's into me. She's into me." And then I said, "Oh, okay, okay, okay." But then I realized that literally they were talking outside in the cold, and it was windy. Oh, so she, she her lips were all cracked up. So she didn't want to. Yeah, she, she they were the dry. Out of her hair. <laughs> she was moving her hair. I was like, "Well, hold on." So you think she's into sure. you? So, so this is why we we this. But but also on her side, maybe she was trying. You, you don't know. So I think most people their flirt game is weak. I think most around the world the flirt I game agree. is weak. That's why I wanted to ask this question. Yeah. These people need to learn up real quick <laughs> listen engage in the right way and don't cross the boundaries it's meant to be fun but also do it well is what i would say yeah partially yeah, yeah. Better honestly it. yeah yeah the key, you know what the key to it the key the key is authenticity mm. like it's awesome it's, it's authenticity meets you being courageous in your authenticity okay. so so for example if you appreciate something about someone, being courageous enough to tell them, like mm-hmm. most beautiful eyes I've ever seen, or like whatever it may be, a a genuine compliment about what attracts you to that person, mm-hmm. that in itself is a is a game changer, mm-hmm. is a game changer, right? Uh, and then there's lots of other things, but that's that by itself. I, I like that. Thank you. And also, you know. Once you let that land, people always forget about the second part. People can feel when you're BSing them, and people can feel when you mean what you say, because the energy is there, and then then you you spark that energy in really great ways. So beautiful. Thank you. Yes. Now we're running out of time slightly, but I will quickly whiz through. Um, I really want to let you know I spoke to Jack Fowler last week. My and man. He had such incredible things to say about you. He actually did an impression. Of you <laughs> on air, I did not ask him to do this. I'll send it to you after. I would play it on air, but I'm sure it would have. You can't, you can't hear it very well. Anyway, so um, Mr. Improv, please take it away with your impression of Jack Fowler. Oh man, you know, you know, I, 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 I can't, I can't even do this man justice on a on an improv. But can I say this? Yes. About Mr. JF. Yes. Right? Um, that's my little bro for life. I, I really, and I think also part of uh, uh, toxic masculinity is you can't say that you love other other guys, right? But no, I love that man. I truly do. And and I'll tell you the reason why I, I really adore him. And that's because I remember when he was on Celebs and the first scene that we ever had together, you have to walk through a door and you come into the agency, right? And Ann and I are sitting on, our, on, on the couch he walked in the door and he didn't knock and that's how i test people is i test whether or not they knock and i remember he walked in the door and i i kind of looked down and he, he could see i was disappointed and he was like what, what, like what, 
why, why, why? I, like this yeah, supposed yeah. to be happy what's yeah, going yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like ah oh, man you didn't knock now that's happened to tens or dozens of celebrities before and you know what the the celeb will do all the time is yeah. they'll say oh man okay next time i'll, I'll knock right uh, but that's not what jack did jack said oh he stopped and he went right back out he didn't say anything else. He went right back out the door. He closed the door behind him. He knocked and he waited until we said, come in. He, that was him showing the highest level of respect. So he started out the gate on an error that he corrected. And that it made checked himself. Yes, that, made, that humbled himself and made me respect him even more. So I've, I've loved him ever since. I love that. And actually, we had a beautiful conversation about mental health together um, that I was so pleasantly surprised he went into with me in the depth that he did, because I think for someone, he's 25, um, and I think for someone of his kind of uh, celebrity, um, people need to hear him say the things that he said. So please do go check out that conversation, guys, if you haven't already. Now, of course, let's talk about the Mansion series that's coming up as well. It's the first time the show will be filmed at Big Brother style yes. with the whole cast living together in a Surrey mansion. How, what are we what, what, what are we going to see? What are we going to expect? How was the living together situation? It's, it's exactly what you think. Okay. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole thing is crazy. Like it's, it's, it's all bad, you know, yeah. um, but I, I think it's our best series. Um, um we have i mean i cut right down to the chase is that i think everyone likes to see two things out of celebs right they like to see uh, or the show they like to see entertainment but then they always ask us well then do you actually have any real couples right right for the first time we have two ridiculously strong couples that have come out of this series and that's that's all I'll say right there. Too strong. Wrong that came out of the series. Amazing. Could you please plug yourself um, for us real quick in terms of your socials, where we can find you? Anything else that you got up uh, up next that you want to tell us about? Yeah, I mean, you could reach me at Paul C Brunson. You know, across all the socials, uh, I try to answer everything you know that I get in terms of inbox stuff. Uh, the biggest thing that I have going right now, I mean, there's a couple of things, but uh, I'm casting right now for Married at First Sight UK. Mm -hmm. it, it will be uh, the biggest love show in the UK in 2021, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's going to be massive. And so I'm literally I'm casting right now. If there's anyone interested. I want to see more people of color mm -hmm. on television in the UK. So that's my commitment. And so uh, you know, anybody who's interested in that series, please just drop me a message uh, right on IG. Um, so that's coming up. That'll be big. Also, I just launched a membership community called BWP Connect. Mm -hmm. We have over 500 members already, uh, uh, over 100 in the UK. So 500 members all over the world. Uh, it's an entrepreneurial community for those who want to learn about starting and growing a business. And so that's something that, you know, I'm a big fan of. I mean, there's a couple of TV, other TV projects I'm working on as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I try to, um, I try to, you know, I tell you what, I, I, I'll end with this is one of the most profound interviews in my life is when I interviewed Kasim Dean, who's Swiss Beats. 
and I interviewed him for my column at USA Today. And he said something that has changed my life. And that is, I asked him, how do you determine whether or not you're going to take a project, right? Because you can imagine how many projects offers he gets. And he said, I only pick projects that I believe I can make history doing. And, and I mean, think about that. So, so, so that's what I do is uh, when projects come my way, if I feel like I can make history doing that, then I do it. Legacy, legacy, legacy. That's it, right? There you go. Amen. Thank there you, you go. so much, Paul. It has been such a pleasure. Up next, we have some great music for you to get your Sunday vibes just right. You're listening to Bashak on the social. Keep it on the beat.